I was like, I wonder if I can last this week with no air conditioner. And How did you sleep at night? I, <laughs> that's a question I often ask myself. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 64. Shout out to my man, Bobby Fisher. Today, we're talking about the Japanese Obon holiday. Uh, I have no idea what that reference was. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Fisher, famously greatest American chess player of all time, arguably. Um, He died at the age of 64, and there are 64 spaces on a chessboard. Did I just blow your mind? Anyway, this is the honorary Bobby Fisher episode. Wow. That's news to Mark. It is news to me. Better just drop it in there. Should have gone a different direction entirely. Uh, Bobby Fisher actually spent time in a Japanese prison. I don't know if you had ever heard that before, but uh, spent time in Japan in jail, married a Japanese woman, uh, died in Iceland, and that's where he's buried. Go look it up. The most interesting chess player to have ever lived, Robert James Fisher. This wasn't in the movie. (laughs) <laughs> skipped it in the movie. It's the most interesting thing. Um, anyhow, uh, and speaking of him being dead, we're talking about the Obon holiday. But first, let's get into the updates. So, Mark, hmm. how about your baby and your fetus, please? Um, both, I think, are doing well. Um, we've had kind of a rough couple weeks in this house. We all came down with COVID. It was the first time any of us had had it, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a real super fun time. And yeah, we're in the tail end of it now, but still feeling it. I guess you were working like normal as you work from home, right? I took a couple days off just because I couldn't think clearly. Mm -hmm. Like... Everybody has different symptoms, I guess, but I had some real head fog, like tiredness going on and dizziness. So I just didn't even want to look at my computer for a couple of days. That makes sense. Uh, when we had our bout with COVID late last year, it was next to nothing. I think we just lucked out and got the yeah. lightest strain or we had just had our shots right before that or something. But it was about three days of very, very mild symptoms and Mm. moved on from there. But uh, you said that everybody had fevers and runny noses and stuff like that. Yeah. I think everybody got over 40 degrees. Yeah. Which for those not in the Celsius world, what is that? Like 104? That's way up there. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. It's like above 104. So it was pretty rough. It wasn't like a, like I got my, fever the first day i got my positive test because i had a bunch of at home test kits that that we all took Mm -hmm. so i got mine that day and i was like oh okay i wonder if this is gonna hit me hard and then 12 hours later my temperature was over 40 and then so was coda's actually so we both got hit pretty hard moe got it first and she had i think a longer fever than we did our our fevers were for much shorter thankfully and you cordoned off the house for those first few days right moe was separate and then we tried yeah she masked up and then went in the spare room by herself for a couple days and then it was just me and coda killing time for two days because once she got it you have to tell daycare here still and then 
even though Coda doesn't have anything, they're like, all right, well, he can't come back here now. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not working now. Yeah. <laughs> so, man. I mean, I guess it's been like a week and a half now. He's been home and we've been home. And it feels like the quarantine period is, was back. Mm-hmm. Just so irritating and frustrating. And yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Happy to be, ha- we'll, we'll be happy to be done with it. How many days has it been exactly up to this point? Since it all started, nine days. Oh, man. What a stretch. What a stretch indeed. And that's yeah. coming off just like a month or two ago. Coda uh, was getting booted from daycare at least once a week. Yeah. Like pretty consistently. Yeah, pretty consistently. It's pretty, and it's shitty too, like the weekend before last, so two weeks ago now, I had just bought this bitchin' kiddie pool, and I was excited mm. to like, yeah, I was going to get outside every day and like go in the pool and hang out and enjoy summer, and then we all get COVID, and <laughs> I haven't touched the pool. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ruined summer. Yeah, COVID right in the middle of summer. That's, I don't know, a summer flu or cold or whatever. Dude, it's weird because you're like, you're sick, so you can't do anything. But it's like too hot outside to like leave the windows open. So you're in AC the whole time and you're just like, this doesn't feel good. I'm not healing. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like agony for sure. It's just elongated stretch shit. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like my weekend. Um, oh, ugh, never mind. Uh, but anyway, um, I do want to say like everybody's doing good now. And so, yeah, we're all happy. And Coda actually has been walking pretty consistently. So mm. there is some good news to all this time at home. Like we've had a lot of walking practice. Yeah. And that's like not holding on to anything, just his own two feet. Just like him, like hanging out, deciding to take a turn and keep going. Excellent. We yeah. got a couple of toddlers on our hands then. I think uh, Nico's left crawling so far in the oh, past. Oh, right. That, uh, I mean, he's he's all over the place now. He's he's a full-on walker. Nice. Um, oh, but what about, uh, before we get into more Nico, what about baby two, Emma Chan? Emma, Emma uh, she's good. Yeah, 33 weeks now. And it's that weird time where if you're following the American system, she's eight months pregnant. And if you're mm-hmm. following the Japanese, she's nine months pregnant. Yeah, that's uh, it's a weird thing for anybody not familiar with the Japanese system. I don't know. We must have, must have talked about it before, but they do start day one. They call it one month pregnant. Yeah. Uh, or one month or whatever. So then in the end, you would say somebody was 10 months pregnant, which in America sounds like a joke. I don't know. Yeah. I've heard that as a joke in America. Like if somebody's yeah. really busting out with the baby pump, they'll say, yeah. like, what are you, 10 months? And it's <laughs> meant to be funny. But here it's just the standard. They might say, oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. You have estimated accurately. In, yes. What is it? September. What's the due date again? Remind me. Yeah. September 12th. So yeah. a little, little over a month. A little over a month. Yeah. I'm always almost on leave. She's got she had to take this whole week off because of COVID, which pushed back her last day of work. So it's going to be next week. It's going to be her last official work time. Mm. And one blessing in disguise here is that 
uh, Moe is going to have all the most recent up-to-date cutting-edge COVID antibodies before she has to get into the hospital. And right. you wouldn't want to try to put her into the maternity ward with COVID. So she's probably like maximum resistance when she needs to actually go into the hospital. Yeah. So that's pretty good. That is one good thing. Like we are definitely building up our antibodies for sickness in this house. Like we're just getting them all done right now. So come fall, winter, we're going to be fine. You guys are going to. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the wild thing. I was sick over the weekend and the beginning of this week, too. It was just a regular cold. I took a COVID test and it was negative. But, you know, I had oh. the symptoms of whatever sinus problems, runny nose, sore throat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, but I realized since my child's been born, which less than a year and a half, I've been sick four times in that period. Mm. And I remember that before he was born for the previous three years, I was sick zero times. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of a record in my life because I I spent like a year before COVID just by chance not getting sick. And then COVID happened. Everyone was isolated and I didn't get sick for a couple years there at the beginning of COVID. So that's what happens when the baby comes into the picture. Uh, Everybody says this totally true. You can go from like three years of zero sickness to a year and a half, four sicknesses. You know, it just really goes through the house like that. But it's mostly the daycare, like not just the kids, like the daycare. (laughs) Yeah. Because like the whole year before he was in daycare, none of us got sick Mm because it was like that same thing. Like we're kind of like isolated and alone and then once he starts mingling with the other kids and goes to that little germ factory they call a daycare, yeah, then everybody gets it. It is. It's like a germ factory that kids occasionally go to. It's occasionally, mostly, it's mostly <laughs> the germs at a daycare. Yeah, it's too bad you don't get like prorated for sick days. Like you just still mm. just have to pay for the full month. <laughs> oh, that would be a good deal. That's a nice business model for a daycare. You could attract some customers that way. Yeah, it might incentivize them to put like a sick kid room together. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we've had a very eventful week, um, a strange and eventful week, because mm. this last week, it was a lot of milestones, a lot of firsts, because it was Nico's first cruise. Ooh. Every baby goes through their first cruise. <laughs> Nico went through his first one. Our I'm wives, still waiting for mine. Yeah, it'll come. It'll come someday. <laughs> Maybe in your 50s. I don't know. <laughs> Like we've mentioned many times before, both of our wives work in the cruise business on the port mm-hmm. side um, and contact a lot of ships and stuff. And then they hear about deals and, you know, they know all the itineraries and schedules and stuff. So this deal came up and I had to work, so I couldn't go. But my mm-hmm. wife went with our son, Nico, and her parents. So it was a four pack, oh, okay. uh, two grandparents, the mom and the baby. And uh, they left on a Thursday and came back the following Wednesday. So it was six mm. nights anyway. I mean, six-ish days. Um, it's pretty Seven-ish long. days, I guess. Yeah. They went over to Tokyo by train. From Tokyo, went over to South Korea. So um, he needed Damn. his little baby's passport. And another wild thing, he's only, he's not yet a year and a half. He's at still at 17 months. And he's been to three countries. I mean, he's born in Japan. He's been to the U S and now he's been to Korea. So I was 23 when I went to my first country (laughs) (laughs) when I left and he's been to two foreign countries already. Right. Kind of. Uh, so 
also i was like in my 30s before i went on a cruise he's got his first cruise under his belt um mm. he's a he's a baby about town he's yeah. a baby vivant if you will he's <laughs> doing all kinds of stuff so uh i think we learned a lot during the cruise um for one thing uh it was not like in my mind before they left, I thought, oh, we'll probably do a call every day of like FaceTime and that sort of stuff. Right. But then you realize it's a cruise and it goes to a foreign country. So phone service is going to be spotty basically yeah. always. Uh, so for the first 48 hours, I didn't even have a message, like not even a text because it was a sea day and they were literally out to sea, not stopping at any cities. They were looping around Japan, mm. going to Korea. Right. So it was very bizarre to not only be away from the kid. I had only spent one night away from him after he came home from the hospital. Mm. Uh, and now I've suddenly got six nights in a row away from him. And uh, 48, the first 48 hours are like zero contacts to anyone on that side of the family. You know, yeah, like, that's got to feel weird. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of strange. Um, and it was sad to like see him off at the station. But then as soon as they were gone, I was back at the house. I have so much stuff to do at the house and you yeah. can plow through it without any other obligations. So I really threw myself into a lot of things at the house and I was in like absolute beast mode at the house, like getting things done. And it's something nice. that I had forgotten even existed, like just yeah. sort of working like morning to night, just doing stuff you need to do. Yeah. That hasn't been a part of my life for a year and a half now. It's crazy to think about that, like how you used to go about doing things in a day to, before kids and then after kids. Like they're just so drastically different that yeah. nobody can prepare you for that. Yeah. You really have to start thinking in terms of uh, if I can get like 30 or 45 minutes of some projecty home thing done in this day, that's a massive victory. Yeah. And you also have to start looking at your time with your kid as, you know, productive time. You feel like you're right. just like laying on the couch, but you're interacting with the kid, the kid's getting language, the kid's getting motor skills because you're playing with them. And yeah. that's all like very important for the kid. And uh, you just got to get your mindset in a place, I guess, where you recognize that as productive time. But yeah. it's a massive switchover, you know, right. to get there. So it's a weird transition. But in terms of the uh, the cruise, you know, I, I got messages only a couple of times, but it's because they're out to sea a lot. Hmm. And um, I think when uh, Nico returned, there were some differences in him. Like, uh, for one, he hadn't seen me for about a week. And then, like, as soon as he saw me in the station, it was like a big, goofy smile on his face. Because hmm. you know? nice. it was like a real experience for him i think to not see one of his parents for a week and then see yeah. the parents again like not knowing should i expect him back what's the is this my life now what are we doing yeah and then it was a different kind of smile than i've seen before but just like a big grin like mm. oh yeah there's my all right yeah and he was like just pleased or something nice uh and that's turned into the past two days that i've dropped him off at daycare it's full on crying when I have to leave him at the daycare oh, now. And he had gotten past that a long time ago. He was just like, you know, for the last several weeks or months, I would drop him off and he'd be like, bye, and play with some toys and right. nothing at all. But now it's like tears streaming down, trying to get me to hold him again. So maybe there's no, some, 
Yeah, he feels like you might not pick him up at some point. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like a fear of like future separation anxiety or something yeah. like that, or if he's um, actually just maybe wanting to spend more time with me as the parent that he didn't see for a while. Hmm. And so then he doesn't want to leave me much. Interesting. Uh, it, because I, I doubt he's like thinking in that sort of like plotting out his future. Like, oh, what if I don't see my dad again? You know, it's probably not yeah, that developed. Yeah. No. But probably just like, oh, I'm happy to be back with this one parent. And then, no, I don't want to leave him. It's probably that kind of a thing, I guess. Could be, yeah. I'm, I've been thinking about this lately, and I know Moe is concerned about it, too. When she goes to the hospital to give birth, mm-hmm. she'll be gone for like a week, too. Oh, yeah. And it's just going to be me and Coda. And I wonder how he's going to react when she when she's gone and when she comes back, too. So, yeah, it is interesting because it's like he's not noticeably more clingy to me at the house. He just sort of acts normal at the house. But okay. then when I separate from him, that's when he kicks it into high gear and, and starts to cry a lot. At least is that the, like when you drop him off, just daycare? Or is that like when you go to another room or like go upstairs? It's ratcheted up across the board. If I leave the room, um, he's oh. a lot more emotional about it now. So huh. I think he like really wants all the parents to be there together. It's another thing that he does new since he's come back from the cruise is he calls for his grandmother every every day he calls for his grandmother constantly and i think it's because they spent time together and now they're apart right i think it created a lot of like who's who am i going to see all day every day and now it's changing and then he Hmm. doesn't want people to be away or he's like calling for everybody to be around him now um which i'm sure is just a little bit of a phase that he'll get reacclimated in the next couple days yeah i mean um, it was only six days so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) And it's only been two days that he's been back in his normal routine now. So uh, he's got, you know, a little while to to warm up to how things go again. Yeah. Interesting. But those were just a few changes I noticed. Um, also, is he, yeah, is he off daycare? Is um, he still going? They shut it down for Oban. So he had uh, Thursday and Friday before this Oban. And now it's it's going to be closed for a while. So Right. Okay. We'll so you're going to be home every day, yeah. all day. Okay. Yeah. I took a little extra vacation time. So we'll have him solid now for something like uh, 16 days or something. Yeah. No daycare yeah. for the next couple of weeks. Nice. Okay. Um, just a couple of tips for the cruise. If anybody's thinking about taking a baby on a cruise, what my wife had to tell me, she said, uh, and this might be uh, kind of obvious, but it's like totally true and you have to do it. Plan extremely conservatively in terms of Hmm. what you want to do on this cruise, because everything's hard on it. I mean, you get off the boat and you're in like a massive building, like a port facility somewhere. Hmm. And so it's like time consuming and hard to get off the boat into the city. And then you do whatever you want to do in the city. And then it's like a trip back by taxi or bus or whatever, back to the boat. And everything with a child is a short window of time in terms of two, three hours before they need the next thing. So you can't ever plan to just go spend all day in the new town, like doing tour stuff. Right. Uh, so she was saying like plan either a morning or an afternoon, but not both. And hmm. you could have breakfast, get into town and then come back by lunch slash nap time. And then right. you know, plan to take it easy through the afternoon or whatever. Um, Nico did like the shows on the ship. 
like because there's a lot of music and dancing and stuff and it's very flashy costumes so he would Mm -hmm. sit and the shows are short usually like 30 to 45 minutes so he would sit and watch a whole live show that's cool uh, just kind of song and dance stuff another little tip uh she said you can raid the buffet for food they had some pancakes uh, available in the buffet so they would grab like a handful of pancakes put them in a bag and then take them around and then just stuff them full of pancakes anytime we got a little fussy as they're walking around town american style absolutely that's the way you parent and uh also she said all hands on deck no pun intended she said Hmm. even with sort of the three parent situation with two grandparents it was still like tiring and difficult to get a kid through all the steps that you need to get through you know to oh yeah like because there's customs and stuff uh, or there's immigration checks when you get into another country of course yeah Uh, a lot of times a port facility is like an airport and um even with three parents and you know passing off the kid holding him feeding him and all that and you're on the move all the time taxis buses uh so she said she couldn't imagine doing it with a one and a half year old by herself and it was even hard with three Damn. So that's probably, um, I guess the idea here is that less is more like, don't uh, throw yourself into a bunch of wild plans. Just right. take it easy. Yeah. That's a good call. I think that's just toddler time in general. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, that's how you gotta keep your schedule pretty much. Hmm. But it was, it looked like fun. Once they got back, I got the flood of like hundreds of pictures and they did stuff on the boat. Like um, they had a jacuzzi, Nico got in the jacuzzi and splashed around and nice. showed off the guns. Um, <laughs> he, uh, they had a kid's playroom, so it was small, but it was a lot like, it looked like a daycare basically just with a lot of um, toddlers, toys and walkers and stuff. So nice. he was just rampaging in there. I mean, just having a great time there. Were there uh, other kids like his age in there? You know, because it's like holiday vacation time right now in Japan, the cruise mm. was chock full of kids. Oh, really? It, it was like dozens and dozens, if not a hundred plus kids from Damn. some pictures I saw. I mean, mo- more of them like elementary school age. Nico is probably yeah. one of the young ones. But uh, it was like they even had shows for kids to to watch. And oh, that's and cool, man. So I guess they were anticipating it. But yeah, I saw a few pictures of just like a sea of children and their parents uh, <laughs> watching a little show or something. Uh, one other funny thing is, you know how you get off a, a boat and then you don't have your land legs back. You feel kind of wobbly or whatever. Mm. If you've been on a boat for a long time. Um uh, Yumi said she felt it, you know, up until like a day later, you feel that kind of like you're rocking, but you're not rocking yeah. that sensation. And it stands to reason that Nico's feeling that too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then we noticed that he falls down so much more <laughs> than he did before. And he doesn't have his land legs back yet. But oh, he's just nice. like toddling and like veering left and right and falling down. And uh, he's like more of a little drunk than usual. So that's it great. took him back a step, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> in terms of his journey to being a full-time walker. But um, he's getting his land legs back now. So that's he's good. doing a little better. But yeah, we've had a wobbly baby as a result. Nice. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all for the cruise roundup interesting times and uh yeah 
as the single solo parent, it's, I mean, I cannot overstate how crazy it is to just like, I need to do this task. It takes three hours. And then those are your next three hours and it's done. And that is a wild thing. I don't, I don't even remember what that's like anymore. Yeah. yeah, It's bizarre, but um, you got to make the use of that time. Mm. Uh, So I didn't like watch any movies or do anything fun. I just, you didn't uh, watch any movies. No, I, I just felt like I had too much stuff to do. So You had six days. You didn't watch a single movie? <laughs> no movies. Dude, I'll watch a movie at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I realized something about myself, I think, during this break, and that it's I like suffering. <laughs> <laughs> this is clear by the way that you eat food. <laughs> yeah, it explains my diet, and it explains just a lot about my life, that I, I lean towards suffering. And so... <laughs> I saw like, oh, it's my chance to work. I must work. And then that's wow. what I did. Not that the work that I did was good or efficient, but that I just felt that I needed to work. You just got through it. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah. So I suffered and that means I had a good time. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and another thing that I did, because there was no baby in the house, I didn't touch the air conditioner. It was like a personal challenge to myself. It's like, I wonder you if I fool. I know. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I can last this week with no air conditioner. And How did you sleep at night? I <laughs> That's a question I often ask myself. Oh, uh, no, sleep I at just, night. <laughs> I, I opened the windows, got a little cross breeze, and I lay there and suffered. And I loved every second of it. But I made it the full seven days <laughs> with no AC, July to August, baby. That's how I do it. Wow. Things. There were some hot days in there, too. We had some some like 38, 39 days there. Pretty uncomfortable days. But I did have to go into the office where I I used the AC. And I took very cold showers. So that got the body temperature down. This might have been why I was sick the whole time. Actually, yeah, that does make sense now. (laughs) This could add up. (laughs) But I was sick and I was suffering. Therefore, I enjoyed it. I was fine with being So sick. you were even more happy. Yeah, I was even happier. It ratcheted <laughs> things up for me. Uh, I'm like a Buddhist or something. I just... I was going to say, you should be a natural Buddhist by yeah. this point. Anyhow, that's what went on. And I think we can get into Segmenton. Let's disembark from the cruise ship onto the Isle of Segment and now um welcome welcome I'm uh, I'm going to read something for you yes, for Segment uh this comes via ChatGPT mm-hmm. I had them put together a little segment topic for us for our podcast and then they wrote this out for us Oh wonderful Welcome back, dear listeners, to another exciting episode of Travel Treasures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Mark, and today we're diving into the fascinating Japanese tradition of the Obon holiday. That's That's good. That's it. That's a Where where the hell did they come up with Travel Treasures? I don't know. They even improved the name. I'm jealous. God damn it. Now we got to change our name. Uh, That was a, a pleasant little intro. It was a pleasant little intro. Thanks. Obon hmm. is the holiday period in which right. we find ourselves. I would say that the Japanese holidays can be broken down into three major ones. Uh, one of those is the New Year's period, where you typically mm. have a few days off work. The next is the Golden Week period, again, a few days off work. And then the Obon period, which is another few days off work. They all vary, but it's within 
a week yeah. or so, give or take. Yeah, those feel like the three main ones. Yeah, so Oban is like uh, it's it's pretty major. It's right here through yeah. August. Yeah, and uh, it's hot. And Oban, if you had to compare it to an American holiday, would be similar to Memorial Day in that it revolves around sort of honoring people who have passed away. Right. But of course, Memorial Day is not nearly as big, not nearly as many days. And um, Memorial Day also in the U.S. has more of like a military kind of tie in where I don't think Japanese Oban is like that. It's more of like everybody, you know, yeah, no, it's, it's family to the ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I think in America, Memorial Day is more centered around barbecuing and yeah, hanging out. Yeah, it doesn't have its own set of traditions. That's yeah, sure. like about the the people who've passed away, like Oban does. Yeah. So, do you have any more info on Oban? Um. Yeah. Just kind of the overview. It's uh, it's coming up actually. It's not quite yet. We're actually ahead of something in this episode. Oh my so god. This, Episode will be out, what, on the 7th, I think? Yes. Yeah. And so Obon happens this year. Uh, what does it say? August uh, 13th through 16th. And I think okay. 15th is the main Obon holiday. Mm. Yeah, it's just a, a festival where people go and kind of, Usually, you'll see a lot of people going to clean the little gravestones where their families are mm-hmm. and then put out some food because in the tradition, the past ancestors come back and revisit the family. So then yeah. the food is to kind of as an offering to them. Yeah. And that's true. I've heard uh, my wife's family say this because we do the Oban festivities every year where we drive to various graveyards where family members are buried or interred, I guess I should say, Mm. Uh, since they're, you know, ashes and then they're put into the stone itself. Like there's always that boxy stone. Yeah. And then they like the granite, I guess, stone or whatever it is. And you can actually, you know, usually take a couple components off and slide a drawer out that's heavy drawer. It's a door that opens. And then they sort of ceremoniously dump the ashes inside and close it up again. Hmm. So in Japan, of course, it's the stone itself that contains the, the ashes and bones of the deceased relatives. And you'll also have multiple family members in one stone, typically, rather than everybody getting their own grave. So we'll go there. And I've heard it said when we're visiting the the grave site that, uh, yeah, this is the day when the spirits travel back to the stone. And mm. uh, that's why you clean it up for them. And then you place their favorite foods, usually fruits or even snacks. You know, you would kind of imagine we're doing this uh, like honoring the dead kind of thing. So it would be like yeah. classy and kind of somber. But if you're, family member always ate cheetos you just buy cheetos and you just right. put a bag of cheetos on there be like yeah, this was your favorite snack man go for it which yep. i think is very authentic i hate mm. kind of like the oh we got you the 50 dollars grapes because they're the best thing in the world but nobody eats those grapes like just eat the snack that you like to eat you know do they not eat those grapes some people do i mean it's but nobody's eating them every day i've eaten, I've eaten a 10 dollar grape <laughs> a single grape for 10 a single grape i didn't buy it my friend bought it <laughs> goodness there's a lot riding on that grape you got to get ten dollars of enjoyment out of that grape it just tasted like a grape a grape yeah it was grape flavored i suppose mm, i think so 
Yeah, it is a grape. That's the best you can do with a grape. <laughs> um, whereas Cheetos, they can be flaming hot. Um, that's true, they, and they they're never be, ten dollars. Never, they can be extra cheesy. Like you got variety. So the long and short of it is, go with the Cheetos. It's more authentic, and you'll just stack well, up the food on the grave. Go with the Cheetos if you know Cheetos is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. In, In my so, case, it might be like Kit Kats or something. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to have to remember you're going to be putting these on a hot rock in August. So, so Kit Kats. No Kit Kats. Yeah, that's going to be touch and go. You're going to have to get in and get out as the ghost. But uh, yeah, I I kind of like that aspect. And then obviously you don't leave the food. You leave it up there for a few minutes and then you collect it all again. And then the family eats the food later. Mm. Uh, so it's not like flowers or something that you leave there, but you you just take it back with you. I yeah. see a lot of sake one cups sitting mm. on graves and I yeah. feel like those are left there. They could be, I guess. Yeah, they may be. I don't know. Somebody's taking them and drinking them then. Is that the priest job? It's me. Oh shit. I'm taking them. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, mm. anytime we've done it as a family, we take things back. But now that you mention it, I think I have seen the sake fuku yeah. cup out there from time to time. Yeah, that's a, that's a standard one you see on graves. This actually leads me to uh, a question for you early. Sorry oh, to man. jump the gun on this. Okay. Are you going to get stuffed in there with the family when you kick the bucket? That's a good question. Um, I have kind of a hierarchy of things that I would like done with my corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Number one on the list cryogenic freezing i'm not kidding at all <laughs> i think that's the way to go that's number one is just get... in case you can be brought back or yeah. so people can stare at you <laughs> so people can sled down me man no like <laughs> uh get frozen this is in all earnestness i don't believe in anything supernatural no afterlives or anything so like the only chance you have at sort of like seeing things go forward is cryogenic freezing put your faith in the science and then maybe someday they'll be able to unfreeze man that seems expensive it is expensive and it's so cost prohibitive in fact that it will never happen for me so that's when we go (laughs) down on the hierarchy okay so number two uh freeze only my head no that's probably (laughs) not gonna happen either but down the hierarchy one more step uh i think that i will probably just be cremated and then perhaps the ashes split between japan and the united states that's if i die relatively soon like while i'm here living here you know i have family in both places i mean that sort of thing can change depending on where people move and how things work out but if i were to go in this scenario i think i would probably have my ashes split and then that would occur in that way let me tell you man that is a pain in the ass to do to move ashes somewhere yeah, like there's a whole remains. lot of paperwork you got to fill out to yeah. like transport ashes from one country to another because yeah. it's technically a biohazard. Yeah, and it's better though. I mean, space wise than uh, like if I sent the bottom half of my corpse. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> Bury my legs in Kentucky. Uh, yeah, so at least it saves you on that, I imagine. There has to be a, a little bit of a discount in the transpo fee. Well, yeah, you can just go in a handbag then. Yeah, or just don't declare it. Just uh, tuck them in the purse and hope for the best. Well, then then you, 
I think you open up a whole bunch of issues because then they're like, what's this baggy of sand you got in your bag, dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's from the beach. <laughs> Why are there bones in it? It was a puffer fish. Uh, yeah. I don't know what, um, I don't know what would occur. They, I mean, they would stop you for sure. That's they not definitely sound would. advice, but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, somehow or another, I think that's what. Okay. Would Interesting. Okay. Just curious. I also, uh, I would like it if it were easy enough to do i don't know if this exists in japan so this is why it's not higher up my list but uh you know there are like donate your body to science type things that you can do right um, one of those is just to become like a cadaver for a, a anatomy class or like a class of aspiring surgeons or something and they slice you up and check things out uh but then another venue you can go with that is have you heard of the um uh, there are like farms where they just scatter the bodies around the the grounds, and <laughs> no. then this sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but they're uh, training for forensic scientists uh, who would then go like every couple of days or at a at a certain interval to then look at the body and check like how much decomposition has happened in these temperatures and these weather conditions after three days, after four days, after five days. And then it helps them figure out when they do find a body, you know, to help figure out when that person died. So it's not just more authentic haunted house type event. This is actual science. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's not just around October and they lead people on tours through, Uh, but it's like, yeah, scientifically based, but then part of the enjoyment of that, or I guess the pleasantness of it is that, uh, for some people, like my mom has said this before, she doesn't like the idea of being buried in a box and put underground. It seems like claustrophobic to her, you know, obviously yeah. you're dead and you don't care, but it just doesn't seem like fun uh, or like a good, uh, I don't it's know. Not a good time down there. Yeah. It's not something that you've enjoyed in life being buried underground six feet. Yeah. So uh, she said that she would like to be exposed to like light and air and stuff. And I was like, oh, check out this website. I think there's a farm like that in Tennessee, not too far from our house. And you can apply and then they can just dump your nude corpse in the field. <laughs> what do they do with it afterwards? Though? Do they, they don't just leave it there. I think they just let it go. I don't know if they have a, an end date where they collect it again, but I, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I've, I've read, they just let it go. Wow. Well, we have gotten very far away from Obon. Yeah. We have. <laughs> Still on the topic of the dead, but that would I guess be. So. Some sort of scientific thing would be higher up my list. I just don't know about the existence of them in Japan. and uh, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems too outside the box. Well, everybody's cremated here. Yeah. I don't know if you could get buried. I th- I'm sure you could if you're like some religion that required it. Yeah. You could probably get exemption for it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Japan is not the place to do something that's off the beaten trail, you know? No. It's like Where would things- they bury you anyway? throw you in a mountain somewhere i don't know well eventually you just landslide down into somebody's house (laughs) that's true (laughs) creepy yeah uh (laughs) yeah it's like i feel like that sort of idea would come up in america and catch on and get shared and people oh this is a new cool thing you could try it and people would you know generate interest maybe but in japan that sort of thing is like oh that sounds different and then it kind of gets quashed for the same reasons but anyhow that's what I think will happen to my decaying corpse. Um, Interesting. When the time comes. How about you? 
Um, man, I didn't think that you would have such a thorough answer laid out. I've always got so. a list. <laughs> uh, I don't have a list. Uh, I just want to be cremated and then tossed around the world somewhere. Okay. Any particular spot, like you'd like to go into the ocean on a mountaintop at a certain beach, anything like that? Nah, not particularly. Maybe a beach somewhere would be cool. Because then you get the maximum, like, wind Mm -hmm. spread. You're going to carry. Yeah, that's right. I would like that. It seems nice as a symbolic sort of idea of what to do with your cremains, as they're called. But uh, I just can't think of a spot where I would want to go. I can't either. I I don't connect that much with a single spot anywhere. No, I don't really either. Maybe the shop vac or something. Like, dump me in the workshop and vacuum me up. And I can be happy in there for a while. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know a place. I don't either. Maybe it'll come to me. Hopefully I have 40-ish years to think about it. Yeah. TikTok, Mark. <laughs> TikTok. Oban, plans for you. What's happening? Uh, Nothing for us it kind of we never do anything because moe's family is all buried in tokyo that's where their family uh gravestone is her Mm -hmm. dad goes back and he's gonna go i think the 13th through the 15th to to do that Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna go and see him on the 16th at his house but we're not gonna do any of the actual obon stuff Mm -hmm. we do the full grave hopping to many 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 graveyards all around Ishikawa. And uh, I guess the furthest flung one that we go to is about two and a half hours away, way up in Noto. And then it's like several right. along the way. And then we visit people who are still living and we go to their houses. And uh, it's a two day event for us for Obon. It's like oh, just crazy. the Obon festivities of in and out of the car. And then you'll throw in a family dinner at a restaurant there because you've got all the family together anyway, carrying right. around. So there's like a big lunch. And yeah, so a few people come to a few graveyards and peel off for others. We sort of hit all of them, stay the night, the grandmothers come back, hit a few more. And then it's mm. it's a two day long affair. The thing that nice. uh, the thing that gets me about it is it's in August at the hottest point of the year. Generally, um, it's like post rainy season and it's just like the heat yeah. of everything <laughs> is settled in and you stand in a place like a graveyard here yeah it's just like a cement island yeah. or something you know it's just hot it's not like in a lovely wooded area which actually some of the graveyard because we go to so many some of them are just a, one or two graves off in the forest somewhere so we go to a couple of those but interesting we go to i always few... wonder whose those are <laughs> yeah they're um it's like if you go back in time far enough it's like local farming community yeah. of 10 or 15 houses and then there's a local shrine that services those little houses and then everybody just gets buried up there so we go to a couple that are in the woods like that Um, that's cool and it's i think it's because some of her family is like a lot more rural yeah we go all over so it's a very very hot day and i'm always just sweaty and uncomfortable and I, i also don't like to be in the car ever and it's like but you love your car I love the car. I love the freed. <laughs> oh, we're into our ad break. A little ahead of schedule. I love the freed, but I don't like sitting for hours like that. And uh, uh, not a road trip guy then. Yeah, absolutely not. So 
uh, it's a couple of, like, I don't like to be hot and sweaty and then in and out of the car sitting down. Right. So uh, a lot of it, I just wish Oban were like in, I don't know, April or something or like October, September, like that would make it for me, I think. Yeah. I don't know why. I wonder if it must be some Buddhist thing. Yeah. You know, the dates get locked in a long time ago. It's yeah. Probably, I guess Jesus died in August is probably the reason. Would it be? It wouldn't be Jesus. <laughs> I might have gotten a few wires crossed about world religions. Then. Uh, Moses, uh, Moses. Okay, he probably died in August. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's probably it. Well, uh, yeah. So we've got a full slate of events. Uh, my nice. uh, family's coming in. I have uh, various family members coming and going through the month of August, and uh, will be like Nico will be out of the daycare for. Hmm several days that's a couple of weeks at a stretch there but we have family stuff so we'll be like constantly going around doing like local tourist stuff hanging out at the house baby grandparents uh aunts uncles and all that nice. coming in from the u.s so that will be a good busy family fun time right you're gonna have a bunch of visitors come over are they all partaking in the obon experience with you my mom and stepdad will be here during Oban, and they're going to go around with us to a few of the graveyards. Okay. Um, and it, for them, it's quite a cultural experience because you're yeah. seeing like one of the biggest holidays in another country and like one of the main traditions I right. think, uh, in they're... person with people actually doing it, you know. Are they pretty religious? They're I mean, they're they, from Kentucky. so Yeah, they are in the classic Protestant Kentucky way. Uh, okay that sort of southern baptist style religiousness but i think uh it's like interesting for them to see you know even though it's very different than what they do they're interested in it so we mentioned like oh yeah we'll probably do some oban stuff and then they were like oh yeah we'd love to see that kind of thing okay Um, that's cool so they'll go it's just like the heat i think will be one thing and then yeah um, uh, but it's very strategic because if you go to a lot of graveyards you have to choose the ones that you're going to go to and right. uh, we've sorted out the whole itinerary and the whole trip. I think they're only going to go to a couple. Uh, hmm. And then we've organized it so that they won't go to others and, and so on. Hmm. So nice. they'll get a little taste, but they won't do the full experience. Uh, you guys, anything? You've got uh, Coda out of the daycare? Um, well, he's in daycare next week. Ours only closes, I want to say the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to go to see her dad on the 16th. And then I think he's back in daycare on the 17th. Don't quote me on that, although this is being recorded. Um, Yeah, so I think it's just like three days he's out. And I don't know what we're going to do. We'll see. I mean, it's kind of like what we're doing right now mm-hmm. in our COVID lockdown state. So yeah. just try to figure things out. We'll have more freedom then because we'll hopefully all be feeling better. So we'll probably be able to go to like an Eon or something. Or uh, Yeah, you guys are getting a taste of the uh, sort of the no daycare life. You got yeah. a lot of that, actually. A lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's good. It's good to be around him. But what it does is it it makes us lean on TV a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, wow, how do I fill up this 16-hour day now? Yeah. Well, I have Netflix and I have YouTube and 
I don't have patience. Yeah, and I have a blatant <laughs> disregard for all the parenting advice. I will put this child in front of television. Yeah, basically. We, I mean, we do it as well if it's like you and the kid one-on-one and you have to like make a meal. Oh, yeah. It's like, please just watch the TV. I've got to get this food cranked out. Yeah. yeah. Do as we say, not as we do, though we are saying to watch TV. So just go go for it. Who just cares? go watch TV. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's um let's get spirited away from the segments and let's head over to a Jepati. Jepati. Here we are in Jepati. Uh I've decided to do a last minute switcheroo on the Japanese of the day. This is hot off the presses here. Since oh, we're shit. talking so much about graves. I mm. wanted to introduce the word haka. Uh, that's haka, haka, h a k a haka, and haka means I guess technically you'd have to call it a tomb. It's like the gravestone that you oh. see in Japan, hmm. um, and it is the grave. Uh, of course, when you're talking about a grave, you often want to put some respect on it uh, because it's somber and serious. So then, you know, in Japanese, you put uh, half the time you put o in front of a word to make it respectful. Mm. So instead of haka, often you'll hear ohaka. Uh, and that refers to a gravestone or a, a tomb. And when I say tomb, it's not like a massive, like building sized tomb. It's like a just a grave that's hollow and you deposit some ash and bone inside. Gotcha. Uh, so the, uh, the Hakka, it's, I guess, probably best to just look up online pictures worth a thousand words, but, um, they're so different than the ones in the U S the U S is more of a flat stone that sort of sticks up out of the ground. Right. Uh, the Japanese one looks a lot more 3d and boxy than that. And it's kind of tiered. There's like a big cube shaped base and then maybe a, a little smaller platform and then more of like a, uh, another yeah. stone on top of that that stands like a little tower and maybe they're i don't know five feet tall something like that mm. in that neighborhood five six feet tall sounds about right and as i say that you can kind of take it apart and pour ash in and i've seen that once when amy's grandfather died about a year and a half ago um i went down to the gravestone when they they poured the the ashes and the bones in the middle so i saw him take it apart and, and put oh, the ash in. yeah and you see a bit, you know, it's windy and you see a bit of the ash go into the, into the trees. <laughs> up to the side. Oh no. We're losing that's my grandpa. dream. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. So it's a nice, it's nice. You know, you get enough, a gram, you get 80, 90% of grandpa right in the grave. And then a little bit goes free and enjoys the, the bamboo forest off to the side. For some reason, the uh, the scene from Big Lebowski just, just <laughs> yeah. came into my mind. <laughs> Man, I thought about that earlier when you said maybe the beach. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Throw you out of the coffee can, uh, back another face. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we had a McQuiffy of sorts already, but I hear there's another McQuiffy in the chamber. Should we pull the trigger? All right, I can do it. Uh, this is kind of two questions. Um, and they, I kind of think they go together, but you tell me. Um, so the first one, uh, do you find yourself saying no more than anything else to Nico at this point? Mm. And then in two, how much actual like one-on-one time are you guys getting these days? 
aside from the whole cruise? As far as the no question, I think, you know, we don't really go in hard with the no, no, don't do this. But we um, just really coach them to like, okay, give me that. Come on. It's dangerous. You can't play with that. You know, let's give it to me, give it to me. And we turn it into a conversation all the time. But maybe that's actually, I mean, I feel like it's good and constructive and it's not something we've made a concerted effort to do. Hmm. But um, now I'm thinking like, maybe we should just say no a bit more just so he gets the clear message because it's (laughs) it's often beneficial if he's like, you know, about to do something dangerous or bad, then you don't, you maybe not have time to talk him out of it. You just need to say no and get a reaction from him. Yeah. I think everything I've read is, minimize the no as much as possible yeah try to have more constructive talks and yeah yeah reason with him a little as much as you can anyway yeah it's hard though like nico i think it at least from last times i've seen him he's kind of present when you talk to him it seems like like he'll pay attention but coda man he just blatantly ignores you (laughs) (laughs) he knows the score he knows what he can get away with so you'll just be like trying to talk to him and then he'll just turn his head and go or do whatever or just not even turn around and you're just like dude (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dude, it depends uh, on the kid for sure (laughs) yeah absolutely that's uh another difference i've noticed in nico like he aged a week when he was on the cruise so a kid that's that young in a week, you'll see a lot of changes. And mm. since he's been back, I've noticed him engaging a lot more. Like he'll make eye contact with you and want to say something and want a reaction, you know? Interesting. And it's like he leveled up as a baby and became more of like a kind of with it, uh, like engagement capable kid. Uh, huh. And just the other day, just yesterday, I was alone with him for uh like a snack just sitting at the table and he was like staring at me the whole time. And then he watches a lot of Sesame street and he likes the count uh, who does the laugh. Ah, 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 you know, like that. <laughs> right. So Nico can imitate it. And Nico goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and he'll look at me and do that laugh and want me to do the laugh back, you know? So oh, yeah. it's like, he's like, this is fun. Come on, let's do this. And then we'll go back and forth with it. But that only started when he came back from the cruise. And I think he has like, just taking that next baby step into uh, you know, here at 17 months, almost 18 months to like right. kind of wanting to get into little conversations, communication, lock eyes with you and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. But what was the second part of the question? Uh, one-on-one time. Oh, yeah. I think we get a fair amount. Um, hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to, uh, I mean... Our, my wife will have days down at the port or uh, what happened right. yesterday. She just needed to work a bit late and I happened to get off a bit early. So I picked him up and had a couple hours with him after, after school. So, and then anything like uh, hmm. yesterday, my wife wanted to cook and get a few things done. So I took Nico to the store and we shopped and nice. just came back. Uh, so getting, you know, 30, 45 minutes at a stretch, but yeah, I'd say there's loads of one-on-one time opportunities. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. I was just curious. We, we, we get a couple hours every day easily. Mm-hmm. It depends on, you know, work and whatnot, but I always pick him up like four every day. Yeah. And then it's usually just me and him till Moe gets home, like after five ish. Yeah. Usually. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know the evenings a lot of the times it's a lot of one-on-one time so yeah just curious yeah cool um also like that uh, tv watching that we talked about before that's a good one-on-one time if you stay engaged with the tv so i'm always trying to talk to him about stuff that we're seeing on television Mm. um, and just identify stuff and just you know keep him from just being passive you know so that's an opportunity where you don't feel all the stress of entertaining the kid uh by yourself but you're still you know hanging with him and getting him to interact coda coda likes to watch tv with me but it is definitely a passive engagement activity (laughs) like he doesn't want to talk to me he just wants to sit with me yeah (laughs) yeah nico would be like that you have to like force it on the kid to yeah make him get into it all right nice well lovely mcquiffy sir thank you you've got one of the finest mcquiffies that i've ever seen how about some dad jokes okay i guess i got two i've got three i will kick it off uh i like this type of joke um you told one of these before remember the busty crustacean (laughs) (laughs) crusty bustation the best Uh, joke we ever told (laughs) this is one of those it's uh what is the difference between an angry circus owner and a Roman barber? I have no idea. <laughs> One is a raving showman. The other is a shaving Roman. <laughs> very nice. I just yeah. like that stuff. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was at a bar last night when I saw a sign in the bathroom that made me shit my pants. <laughs> it said... Out of order. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's very good. Uh, man, people are making apocalypse jokes like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a throwaway. Nice. Uh, we may have done this one, I'm going to say, actually, but I don't remember it. So here it goes. What do you call a provocative reptile? Um, a provocative reptile. Uh, I'm going to go very highbrow and say oh. there's a, there's a vocabulary word for this, which is ecdesiast. Wow. And, uh, ecdesiast is, this is English of the day for everyone. <laughs> ecdesiast originally meant something that sheds its skin like a snake, but then became a slang term for a stripper. So a provocative reptile the word ecdesiast covers both. So take that home with you. Enjoy. Anyway, what's the funny answer? Wow. Way to ruin a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, it's definitely lower. I'd go much lower. It's an instigator. <laughs> ah, there we go. That kind of provocative. Yeah. Not like a stripper at all. Uh, no, no. Okay. Unless you like that kind, I guess. Man, I really read that wrong. My apologies. Read the room. <laughs> this is a parenting <laughs> podcast for Chris and Pete. Okay. Last one here. You know, they say you said you should end strong. I think we should end weak. And that's why I've saved this dad joke for last. Perfect. It's, it's not very good. Okay. Uh, this was so embarrassing, but earlier I grabbed the wrong cup and accidentally drank a bunch of food coloring. I died a little inside. <laughs> okay blah blah uh it's all in the delivery there you did <laughs> you did a good job <laughs> i uh tried well i think that's all we got right 
Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at JPOPs Podcast or by email at info at the JPOPs.com. We'll talk to you next time. Take it easiest time.